So your show business, you got to get the brakes. You got to uh, get the brakes, Tony. I wouldn't guess so. Yeah. I never got the brakes, never. Really? As a kid, I never got the brakes either, never. This has been following you all your life, you mean? I was rough when I was a kid. Yeah. I was a kid the first time I had my picture taken. The pony threw me. <laughs> you got to try him out of town, right? You, gotta, you can't bring well, him take in. Take him on a road to you. Take him on a road. You got to break right. him in. So you get the feeling you wasted your whole life. Three, two, one. I don't know. It's not easy. I got no respect the day I was born. Really? No respect. The doctor picked me up and smacked me. I found out the nurse. She got a few in too. <laughs> Oh, well, <laughs> I-A-M-M-A-R-I-N-O, yes. Oh, my. I am Dan Marino without the Dan. Man, Mike I Marino, man. Aaron Kowser. God. Nice to be here. It's good to have you today on Spotlight Exclusive. Spotlight Exclusive. Um, I've done a few of these now, and uh, but... I've, I've been excited about this one. Well, A, because you've been a, a past champion. I think you're the first past uh, champion that I have. Such an honor. You're the first spotlight. I drink the water right into the mic? Oh, yeah. Clink the ice cubes around? People pay a lot of money to hear those, <laughs> those noises I hear. Uh, sorry. Uh, inappropriate. I've known you, uh, I think now, for about two years. Uh, we've met each other at the restaurant Farina in Kansas City. Yes. Uh, and... Uh, but I showed up and I started working and I saw this guy standing by the dish pit with his hands behind his back uh, and someone threw a bottle into the into the recycling thing. Yeah. And it made a massive noise and it's, you acted like a bomb went off and you're like, oh, my tinnitus and chef turned around and just was like, what the fuck is that? Oh, yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> tinnitus was like when you play tennis too much and I was like, what the fuck is going on? This guy, one, this chef is nuts and two, this is uh, this other dude and his tinnitus. I thought you were joking. I, I thought it was like a whole joke uh, and then right. later I found out that you did have very bad tinnitus and it, is, it was not not a uh, joke reaction by you. Well, A, it's actually pronounced tetanus. Oh, oh okay. Or t- uh, tinnitus. T- <laughs> yeah, or something that's like that. how it's pronounced. Very good. Yeah, and it is, uh, yeah, it's an issue I've had for the last couple years where I have a little ringing in my ear. It uh, looks very painful whenever something like happens that's, un, you know, alarming amount of noise that happens like fast. It's like, oh, wow, that does not look, uh, that does not look fun for old Aaron Kowser over there. No, I can go, it can kind of go through like my head a little bit, but I'm used to it now. Like yeah. I've been dealing with it for so long and, mm-hmm. you know, I don't let it to, it to define me or, or mess with me too right. much. It takes a little but while to get used to it. It was an injury, uh, um, caused through the love of the game and, uh, working, uh, on the job and, uh, yeah. putting, uh, Putting yourself fully into the job and being a uh, um, uh, an outstanding worker. Wow, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You try to butter, butter me up. <laughs> You're like a holiday ham over there. <laughs> well, I do appreciate those nice words. Yeah, it's it definitely it's something that has happened over the years with uh, basically taking the trash out pretty much every day, and then those it, bottles mean business. Yeah, There's, it's no joke dumping, dumping them into. Uh, I'm surprised that's not a thing that like doesn't get more. Like it's something I never thought about until I saw it and you said it. It was like, oh yeah, every night these workers are taking their bottles out and dumping them into there. That's an insane amount of noise. Yeah. 
it's right to your drums every single night. And when you're young, you don't think about exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, just dumb as shit. But you really should have hit little earphone or like those little, like, you know, when you go to the gun range. Yeah. Those little things just kind of protect you a little That's bit. That's actually why I'm here today. I'm here to sell a product. <laughs> oh, I knew it. Yeah. I, I knew it. We got the sharks here. Um, Lori. What? <laughs> no, but uh, it but would be, you know. That is how we met, though. Some more awareness for it. Yeah. At the restaurant, um, really, I remember you said you, the first conversation I probably had, you were talking about how you lived in Chicago. Yeah. Kind of Wrigleyville, and you were working bars around there and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, the guy once lived in Chicago. I know. think I think that is kind of how we first kind of started talking. Yeah. Because we had that kind of uh, similar, I mean, you lived there for mm-hmm. a lot longer than I did. I was there for about two years, uh, in which I, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I love the city, and I love the people, and, the, and I love the sports there. Yeah. Which I know, and that's also another thing what you and I kind of connected on is our interest in sports. Yeah. It didn't happen until like maybe like six months, like once the football season started and I started to hear you guys talking about football more, I was like, oh, these guys are nuts about football and fantasy football like I am. Yeah. There's my end. Well, we had like one spot open and I didn't, and it was right before we were going to get going. Mm -hmm. And... I was able to sneak you into Obi Wan Mahomey in 2020. Yeah, um, thankfully, I think things just like I had some people who were on the fence, and some people. One, one guy left, mm-hmm. and I, I was able to get you in. Thankfully, right, right before the season started, and then you know we just went went off from there, and we've had had a great time since. Absolutely, we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, but living in Chicago, obviously lived and grew up watching the Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does what do the Bears mean to you in your in your life? Well, so here's actually a funny story. Um, for the first half of my life until fifth grade, about um, I was a Packers fan. Oh wow, I didn't know that because of Brett Favre. I mm. loved Brett Favre growing up, um, and mainly because my brother Bears fan. We would play Madden. He would always pick the Bears. I couldn't play the Bears, so I was like, oh, I'm just going to pick the Packers. Uh, my best friend growing up, he and his brother had the same rivalry, so I just mimicked that. I was like, he looks like he's having fun shitting on his brother, being a Packers fan, getting him mad. I'll do that, too. So I just was like, yeah, I'm a Packers fan. And Brett Favre, and then once Brett Favre got older and left and Aaron Rodgers came in, I was like, fuck that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the same time around when uh, Cutler came to the Bears. There was about, a, you know, there was a couple of years there in between where I didn't really care to, well, 2005, the the Super Bowl. That was kind of like, I was like watching it and like people were like, you're a Packers fan though. And I was like, yeah, but like the Bears are kind of nice. Like Devin Hester uh-huh. and like the whole defense. And I started to crack on it. I, I had a Mike Brown jersey very early so, to, on to the safety because one year he had like three straight games with like an interception return for touchdown. And I was like, yeah, he's awesome. So it was like a, it was more of a Packers fan and a Brett Favre fan to like have a rivalry with my brother mm-hmm. about it. Um, and then when Brett Favre left, I was like, yeah, I don't really care about the Packers. It wasn't until later that I grew an appreciation for what the Bears mean to Chicago and just like seeing it fully and just being like, yeah, that's one of the best. Like, well, not one of the best because <laughs> it's kind of miserable to be a Bears fan, but like one of the most heartfelt fandoms of right. like, they're not going at, like, you know. They're always all in for their team, whether they suck or they're not. They're pissed about it, and they're calling into radio shows, and we're going to be, you know, pissed about it. But, you know, they're always there for the team. It's not like a, unlike me, not a wishy-washy fan that can come and go. The true Bears fans are, like, actually, like, fully there. Fucking, yeah. Yeah, but you still love them, though. Like, when when, yeah. they, when they drafted Fields, you were all, oh, yeah. all about it. Yeah. Uh, That's a fun, because they haven't had a fun like franchise offensive player in a bit that's panned out. I mean, they've tried with Trubisky and Cutler and um, other stuff, but you know, they didn't for this one. I was like, 
yeah, this was the right move. Like the Trubisky one was a weird move. They picked him first. You know, they went up to number two and picked him and it wasn't like a sure, like, you know, there were other quarterbacks in that draft. More Watson, not really Mahomes people didn't, you know, that was right. kind of a more off the radar play by the Chiefs. But like at least Watson, it was like you're trading up to pick Trubisky over. It was like, yeah, I don't know. Let's see how this one goes out. Fields was one. He, he fell a bit and it was an injury. You know, it was like if they, they should go and grab him. I remember I got home from work. I was working pasta so I could leave earlier. So I got home from work and I was trying to follow it on my phone on the way home. And once I walked in the door, I was like, okay, the Giants are up. Let me get to the computer and see. And I turned it on and it said, Bears are picking. And it just like clicked in my head. I was like, oh, fuck. They just traded for this pick. They're going to pick Fields. And it happened. And it was like, that. that's a rare thing as a sports fan when you want your team to do a very, very, very specific move. Right. And they end up doing it. Right. It feels great. Yeah, it does. And it's kind of how I felt. You know, I guess with Mahomes a little bit because they'd never drafted anything like that before in my lifetime, mm-hmm. and so it was cool to see them actually take a shot, take a chance. Yeah, and I mean, unfortunately for your your, your side is like I think they definitely picked the wrong guy at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to. Steelers put, comeback season right here for Trubisky. Let's see. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it, he could have a he could have a comeback. Yeah. I mean, he learned under Josh Allen, right? Uh, yeah, last year. Last yeah, he year. Was working with Josh Allen. Now, on the studios, I think it's a good fit for him. I mean, they got good wide outs, awesome young running back, maybe have a better offensive line, good defense with Watt and, you know, yeah. others. And I, I wish him the best. I've always rooted for Trubisky. I yeah. liked, I've always kind of liked his style a little bit, but mm-hmm. it just didn't work out. Yeah. But could, it could. Yeah. Nagy was kind of a monster there. And yeah. As the play caller. After, no. after, <laughs> the uh, double doink. Ruined his brain. Oh. And that player, because I think it was his first season to get to the playoffs. They're actually good. Nagy was come, like, it was creative. It was fun. Offensive linemen were catching touchdown passes. We were having a great time. And then Eagles playoff. <laughs> All we got to do is kick a fucking field goal to win. And, it do- and I, I think, um, yeah, it was, he had a doink earlier in the game. And then it's in, like- in overtime, kicked fucking double doinked off. <laughs> I think it hit the post and then the bottom and dunk off. And if you just hit one field goal that whole game, we win. Yeah. And I think that broke Chicago's fan base's brain yeah. and Matt Nagy's brain because he forgot how to coach after that. <sighs> and that didn't lead to a good atmosphere for Trubisky to try to develop. That's uh, true. Kind of a hostile, like, you know, hostile environment, I think. Yeah. That really, that really messed up the momentum yeah. of that franchise. They had good momentum. Yeah. They had some, but, um, you know, you always, um, you've always loved, I think, comedy. Is mm-hmm. that, is that yes. correct? Uh, you it's and I, thing <laughs> that I can do well in life. No, that's not true. <laughs> you're, you're a great cook and, uh, you do a lot of great things. Well, in oh, life. Well, thank you. Um, I was setting you up for that. I know. I appreciate it. I know you're welcome. <laughs> uh, what, what were you, have you always been an, uh, a hilarious guy? <laughs> no, I've thought I've been a hilarious guy. I've always set, just never stopped talking and trying to make, you know, people like that was a nightmare in like school growing up of just always, oh, yeah. I, I couldn't pay attention to what was happening. Yeah. The only way I could pay attention, if I could pay attention to the teacher to see what she was saying and then to make a joke off of it right. or something like that. So that was just my childhood of just, cause I was the, I, I was the youngest growing up. And you just need to do stuff to get attention. But you wouldn't be, you know, people wouldn't pay attention to you unless you were actually hilarious, you yeah. know, and you were thinking and it was an, a, an intelligent joke that you mm-hmm. were saying. I think as a kid, I would probably was saying some of the dumbest, like just yelling out dumb shit 
in the middle of class and none of it made any sense, but it was just like, wow, that guy's being disruptive. That's kind of funny. But so, and then it, you know, developed, uh, you probably like that attention though. Like yeah, I mean, maybe it did yeah, something to you a little course. bit. Yeah. That uh, was, it's all I wanted in school is just, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I didn't apply myself to being smart. I applied myself to, you know, fucking around and getting, <laughs> getting other students' attention and being like, oh yeah. So. Yeah. I think I kind of felt, I, I followed that kind of similar. Yeah. Uh, path as well. But you know, you, you know, you learn something. You're, you're, you're taking risks all the time when you're doing things like that, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, I feel like you get something out of it. Yeah. You probably should have paid a little more attention in school. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying it's a great thing, but you know, you developed into who you're, who you are. Yeah. Which is, I think Mike and Marino is an awesome guy. Oh, thank you. Uh, you guys hear that? Uh, Mom, you hear that? That will be edited out. <laughs> yeah. You should cut that. That's uh, well, let's also talk about maybe your, your cooking career just okay. before we get into any of the football stuff yet. Uh, where, when did you start? When did you start cooking? Um, in, well, so I cooked all the time growing up with my family or Italian family. Every Sunday we'd do a big bowl of, you know, uh, or a big batch of, uh, spaghetti sauce with meatballs, uh, brujol, uh, other stuff. I'd be helping my dad make that rolling the meatballs and stuff like that. That's how it kind of started making raviolis. And then in high school, um, I helped my mom out a lot with cooking because she has fibromyalgia. So she was sick and tired all the time hmm. that was her her line all the time was i'm sick and tired of this and well you know she's actually very sick and tired oh, wow. all the time but hmm. um so when she didn't feel up to cooking i was like okay i'm making the swiss steak or beef stroganoff or whatever you know the 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 house classics um that she would always make i would take over and make those and then i started just being like she had a very base way to do it and i'd be then I started, you know, adding stuff to it and be like, oh, it's fun to mess around with ingredients to make something. And, you know, there's a million different ways to get to the end within food. So it's kind of fun that there's no like restrictions on it. You can just kind of mess around and make stuff up. So I started cooking in high school just for, you know, me. And, and then um, in after I dropped out of Indiana College, my parents were moving to here to Kansas City. So... um I just had nothing else going on. So I was like, yeah, sure. Let's go to Kansas City. Moved here. And then I was sitting on the couch too much playing video games. I was like, I got to do something. So I signed up for the culinary program at Johnson County. Didn't really have any English. Like, I know I like to cook. I My original plan was I want to start something and finish something mm-hmm. just to prove to myself that I could actually do it. And then if I, even if I don't like cooking or don't want to do it for a career, I have a life skill that will translate to anywhere. So that was kind of the plan. And then I finished it two years ago. After I graduated, I got a job here. And then since then, I've just been here. You're I think six years ago, I started with my first job at the Carriage Club Country Club Okay, as an apprentice. And then I left after three years as a sous chef. And then... I uh, took a semester off of working and just finished school and then came here. So I've really only had two restaurant jobs officially. But now you can do basically any station in this restaurant. Yeah. You can make anything, you can cook mm-hmm. anything, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, that's been a real fun uh, part of working here is chef cycling everybody out through every site. Um station making sure everybody knows how to cook every single thing in here and it's um it's been awesome yeah you you create some some great life in the restaurant like <laughs> yeah. when, when you're in the restaurant you know it's easy to tell everybody's mm-hmm. on their toes you know cracking jokes you're mm-hmm. making sure everybody's uh well because having fun if, if i'm not here you guys are left with 
fucking Jake just oh. boring everybody to sleep with his uh, stupid jokes. Oh my god. I'm 29. Oh, hello. <laughs> Who's playing with the lights? <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, I love Jake. I let the interview go on a bit, but I came in hot here because I was listening to Uh-oh. Jake's, uh, you know, spotlight, uh, whatever. Exclusive. exclusive. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the spotlight exclusive, which is for the members of the fantasy <laughs> leagues and how the intro says. And then, uh, oh, welcome our executive chef of spotlight fantasy, Jake Horde. Uh, oh, let's hear him do bad Eddie Vedder impersonations. And uh, <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> uh, he doesn't. I invented the Eddie Vedder impersonation. So he. Uh, oh, Is that a little loud? Uh, well, not just not just loud, not just too loud, too too terrible as well. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. My I think that's pretty good. I've seen a lot of red lights on your mic. The Adobe Edition will probably blow up uh, once you get to this section of the interview. Well, you know, but uh, some people, uh, you know. We'll have to let the crowd decide who did a better Eddie Vedder impersonation, I think. Yeah, tweet that that one out and let all the followers and everybody uh, light up the message boards about it. Uh, Yeah. Uh, That was pretty good, though. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you The second one was better. The first one, I was coming in a little cold on it. Um, Yeah. I got to get away from the mic more. I felt, you know, I didn't know how to keep the right volume going there's, right into the mic. There's a science to it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'm learning as we go. You know, mm-hmm. I'm learning how to do all the stuff as we go. Uh, the editing, the audio, and you know, where to put your mouth on mm-hmm. the mic. Yeah, that can be a big deal. Yeah. Get the sweets, as they say in the biz, the sweets, <laughs> the sweet spot. That is what they say in the biz, yes. <laughs> I, I've heard that multiple times. Treading the boards. Uh, oh, I, ooh, I haven't got that. Yeah, I haven't got that far yet. yet. <laughs> you got to start treading the boards. I'm working on that. It's going to fail if you don't start treading those boards. Uh, clink, clink. Mike, one more thing about you other than fantasy football is you like basketball. Is that correct? Yeah. You like to play basketball. Yes. You're good at it, right? Um, or I can shoot the ball, but in like an actual like game setting, I'm slow. I get I have asthma. I get on a breath easy. I oh. can't play defense. But in like an open gym, I can shoot the ball pretty decently. You got a good shot. Yes. So as long as you're open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as I'm open, I haven't done a bunch of running. Um, you know, nobody's pestering me or anything. Um, I could maybe make a shot or two. I see. <laughs> I just knew you liked it. I, uh, I and, love it. And you talk about it quite a bit. And uh, and remember, who actually I brags about anybody it. in here. Well, in it's this just, whole entire restaurant. It's just me. <laughs> yeah, right that's now. what I'm saying. Well, everybody loves you. Everybody loves your uh, your basketball skills. They talk about it. Everybody <laughs> loves my basketball skills. Way to come back from break with a good. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. No, that, everybody loves your basketball skills. Thank you. Well, one thing is, you know, as we get older and we we move through life, we, you know, we kind of grow. And I know that you're um, you're doing kind of a side project on your yeah. on your uh, for yourself as well. Um, mm-hmm. so you're Trying you're, to. you're still doing you're doing part time here at the restaurant. I'm full time. Oh, you're still no. full time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, OK. Uh, you're so you're full time in the restaurant and you also are doing kind of uh, your own kind of cooking um, private chef personal party uh, business. Yeah. Let's talk about personal catering, catering business or something like that. Yeah. What's that all about? What, what, tell- um, it's what Jake uh, wishes he could do. Uh, oh, my. <laughs> uh, with his little executive chef position here at Spotlight Fantasy. But no, it's I have a couple of friends that work as private chefs. And they work through a company that, you know, gives 
you know, sets them up with customers, gives them, uh, they go to their houses, they cook family uh, or uh, weekly meal prep for their family all week. And um, they love that. And I think that's a pretty alluring job, but I haven't wanted to leave here because I love it here too much. I really like working for Michael and then just the whole family atmosphere of here. I don't think I could leave here yet. Um, so I kind of wanted to start my own thing, but I love the idea and the personal connection of cooking for somebody kind of face to face instead of just like putting something in a window where you don't know who it's going to because you don't put not as much effort into it, but it, there's not that connection of yeah. seeing the person enjoying what you created. Right. Um, so I like that aspect of it. So I wanted to start kind of a business and I think you can make more money because you, you know, it's just you cooking for somebody and you might have one other person helping you. Um, then, you know, just making an hourly, uh, paycheck working at a restaurant. So it's, it's a learn for a couple different, um, reasons, but yeah, private chef, uh, company where I, you know, come to someone's house if they want cocktail party with appetizers or, and, uh, you know, charcuterie boards, whatnot. Um, or like a full five course wine dinner, um, type thing. I've done a couple of those, um, which are really fun, more challenging because in somebody else's kitchen that's new, you got to kind of time everything out and also entertain them, you know, have your prep, you know, stationed out in a new kitchen where you don't know where it is. Like in a professional kitchen, the whole thing is setting up your station just so you can just cook endlessly and you have all the equipment right there in somebody else's kitchen. You don't have any of that equipment that holds your food cold and all that stuff. So you have to, Oh yeah, you know, it's a lot more difficult to produce restaurant uh, volume more than quality food in someone's house. But luckily I haven't had to do like a, you know, 15 person dinner with all plates. Cause that would be really tough in someone's house for me at the moment. Yeah. Is that um, something you might be working up to yeah, eventually? Ho- hopefully. Cause that's, you know, you get a lot, you get more people in there and you start charging more and making some actual good money and having a nice, you know, Nice experience for somebody in the house because with COVID this past year, people have spent a lot of money on their houses and making them really nice. And they people are ready to entertain. Yeah, some people aren't ready to fully go back out to restaurants. I know less so here, more so at other places and on the coast and stuff. Some people aren't ready to you know fully dive back into life. And um, the private chef people coming into somebody's house is a lot more learned for some people, especially you get that chef experience where you know the chef is talking to you talking through every meal everything that goes into it and you know why they cooked it how they cooked it and some people really like that experience at a restaurant sometimes you don't get that sometimes you know know, here michael does a great job of talking to everybody and giving that experience i think that's that's one of the reasons i came to work here originally because i went here with my family and i saw him buzzing around the uh dining room talking to everyone and be, making people feel like they're family here and having like a family experience yeah. of like knowing you know knowing the chef and talking to him and having having it feel like your best you know uh that they have the best for you in mind yeah and oh like michael's always like i mean i work with him for about 14 years mm-hmm. every night he just goes and talks to yeah. he talks to all the customers because he really really appreciates you know them coming out of their homes mm-hmm. and uh, trusting that we're going to give them a good product and that's the type of experience i want to i think a lot of people love but they don't always get when they go out yeah and it's also you go out you there's a lot more you know hassle than going out in your home i show up at your house 
make a six course, five course meal for six people. We do all the dishes. We clean everything. We leave it like nobody was ever there. And uh, it just is a great experience instead of, you know, you, you go out, you got to deal with the parking, you deal with everything else, the prices. And also we can, you know, if you have wine in your cellar or whatnot that you want to drink, we can make the menu around the wine. It's actually where the idea for the company started, where it's like, we have a bunch of these rich people have a bunch of wine sellers that got these bottles that they want to use. They come to me with some bottles and say, make a menu around these bottles that I want to use. Oh, yeah. And it kind of makes it more streamlined for me. I don't have to, you know, I know what to pair with so I can just boom, 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 make the menu. That's a great idea. <laughs> we got to take a break here, but we were, then we'll come right back and uh, find out how your health is because I'm always interested. I feel like I'm doing a magic act <laughs> 